Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. Today's, today's scripture verse comes out of Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. Good morning. So uh, we're going to get started. We're doing things much different this morning. So on Tuesday, uh, I had the sermon for this Sunday completely done. Really excited about it. We were going to finish up uh, um, The Prodigal Son and the Unfair series. And then... Melissa Hodge messed up my whole week. So I'm, um, I see this post that she puts up on Instagram, and I'll tell you the story instead of reading it to you. So she, was, she has, uh, her oldest is a senior in high school. So they had some kind of event where she was at the high school, and it was all the moms. And so they put the name of, of your name, and then they put what grade your kid is in. So she put, you know, Melissa, and then she put senior. Well, as she's roaming through this event, five ladies she doesn't know just start surrounding her and talking to her and asking her all these questions. She looks at their name tag, has their names, and it says freshman. They recognize that her said senior, so they, they, they started asking her all of these questions. A lot of them were questions like, so what mistakes did you make that we don't want to make? And as I thought about that dynamic, it seemed so normal. It seems so obvious, and um, typically on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Veterans Day, all of the days, um, we don't do anything special. We don't do anything different because we want our focus to always be on glorifying Christ. We want to worship Him. So we'll do something for Mother's Day or Father's Day or Veterans Day or whatever, Valentine's, whatever the days are, we'll address it, but when I saw that experience that she had, I didn't think so much of mothers as I thought about women. And I thought about, <laughs> thanks. So I thought about what women go through. And so I don't know if you noticed the verse that we chose for this morning, but it's from Romans 5.3. And it says that suffering builds character. Well, suffering builds perseverance. Does that sound familiar in your life? Any suffering or difficulty that you've gone through it builds perseverance, which is another word to say endurance. And then that builds character. And then that builds hope. And so as I thought through that, I thought about moms. And I thought about what they've gone through. And so as uh, much as Melissa messed up my week and my plans for the sermon, um, Susan almost also messed up my plans because last Sunday we had a conversation and we were talking about um, how many kids do you have? I don't want to mess up the number. Yeah, it seemed like a lot. So I wanted to say five, and then I thought, that just seems too high of a number. It can't be the right one. 
So she was sharing me, with me about being the mother of five and all that happens with that. And she's smiling and she's so happy. And I'm hearing this story and I'm getting sad and she's still happy. And I could see hope on her face. And so I changed everything up. I called these ladies. I messed up their whole week. I've had their husbands um, tell me, do you know what you did to my wife this week? Um, I'm going to switch here. We have something wrong. So, yeah, I knew I messed up their week. Um, But I want to start with them. And uh, so I'm going to have them introduce themselves, how many kids they have, their names. Um, Now, as we talk about Mother's Day and about being a mother, it's not as... Um, easy as people would make it sound. For me, Mother's Day is a difficult day. Um, I have a good friend that, uh, that's part of Branches that just cannot come on Mother's Day. She just can't. She was unable to have children, and it causes pain for her. And um, I have other friends that um, have adopted children. I have others that still can't have children or are trying. Um, for some Uh, mothers, they have no relationship with their kids. For some kids, you have no relationship with your mother. So we understand all the nature of that. But again, our focus is on who God is and what he's done. And so, um, but these are all mothers. But they've all been through struggles, suffering, and perseverance, and character, and some bits of hope. So introduce yourselves and um, how many kids you have. I'm Steph. Is this on? Um, I have three kids. I have a 15, almost 16-year-old, <clears throat> a 14-year-old, a boy. First one's a boy. Second one's a boy. Um, and then Karis, our youngest. So Keaton is the oldest. Zeke is the middle. And then Karis is 10. Hi, I'm Michelle, and I have two kids, two girls. One is 24, Caitlin, almost 24. Uh, and Kellyanne is 18. I'm Susan, and I have five kids. I would never recommend that. (laughs) Although, you know, raising them was wonderful, but these days are so different. Um, But our oldest is 30. She'll be 38 next month. And um, Courtney, then we have Lindsay. Lee is here. Drew and Allie, our youngest, will be 30 this year. And then we have 11 grandkids. So much better being grandma than it is being mom. (laughs) So, you can go in any order you want. You can talk with each other. I have questions, but if Stephanie says something and you have a question about her answer, fire away. It doesn't all have to funnel through me. Um, But I do want to ask the first question. So, what has being a mother taught you about the heart of God? I can go first. Um, I think for me, I remember after... Um, having my oldest and like this the enormous amount of like I it was an unexplainable feeling this this love thing for a child I couldn't I mean it's very incredibly hard to put into words in fact one of the questions asks us to define what love is and I'm like it's so undefinable in so many ways it's so, such an action that I can't define but it's a constant thought of like wow, God loves us this much that he would sacrifice his son, that, that idea of this, this incredible love. Because in my mind, when, when my son was born, 
Mama Bear got really, 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 really protective and, and wanted everything to not hurt him or her. And so to know that with the only intention of us to experience true life, he knew that, you know, that he was going to sacrifice his son. It's just like, it's a constant thought in my mind that, wow, he loves us that much. <laughs> Same answer. Um, I have a the bit, tissue's right down there. I, yeah, I have a little bit of a story. So we weren't Christians when our first daughter was born, so it was a little different. But when our second daughter was born, not even looking at my notes, um, they're in the bathtub, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a mom. Like, you know, my oldest is five. How does it really just come to me then? Well, we were saved, and I weeped at the love that God had for us because I loved them so much. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I just, I felt bad for, for God because of all the people that deny Jesus. And I was like, how could you deny a precious child? And his love is just unbelievable. And that's just, that's just it for me. <laughs> um, well, I, he, he kind of did ruin my week a little bit in, in my sleep. I, I actually stayed awake a couple of nights, whole nights, just thinking about these things because I didn't grow up in a Christian family, and so nobody really taught me how to be a mom in, a, in, in the Christian sense, you know, with Christ as the, as the head. And um, I, too, like Steph said and, and Michelle, that, you know, when you have your first child, you just have this overwhelming sense of love and protection for this baby. And, and then as they grow, you want them to know so deeply how much you love them. Like, how can I tell them? How can I show them? You know, you just, you can't find the words. You can't explain it. But it was actually Lee who, um, after Raylan was born, called me and he said, so this is how you love me? And I was like, he got it, you know? And it was like everything, it just kind of came full circle. And then I thought, that's what God wants us to feel. You know, this, that's how much I love you and get that. So that's what I've learned about the heart of God. Yeah. So my, um, my daughter asked me this morning, she goes, oh, so mom's going to be up front. What's she going to talk about, Mother's Day? And I said, no, she's going to talk about what, how being a mother has taught her about who God is and who she is and how to love others. Because I've, the mothers I've seen, you see this process happen where they begin to bloom. And so many mothers turn towards God as their mothers, partially out of desperation, but partially understanding what you just shared. So as you've had your heart kind of open up for this child, how has, how has God helped you to understand who you are in light of his love? Does that question make sense? Like your identity, because you're more than just a mother. You're more than just a woman. How has God opened up your eyes because of being a mom and showing you who you are? Well, I learned that I... Um can be really creative. Didn't know that about myself until I became a mom. <laughs> that I can, I'm pretty organized. Of course, with five kids, I probably had to be very organized. Um, but, and those are the good parts, but 
control kind of goes right alongside of organization, and I've learned that I can be very controlling, and I think I stepped on God's toes a lot of the time and didn't let my kids fail when they needed to fail and stepped in and protected them and saved them from some things they probably should have failed at, and I could have helped them walk them through that failure. I agree with Susan. It's, it's, it's hard not to step in, and you do learn as you get older. One of the greatest things I learned was you have to let go of things sometimes and let your kids fail and not, if you can't fix it, you have to let them fix it. It's really hard to watch. It's actually excruciating. Um, I also learned that I'm pretty good at this. I'm a good mom. Um, I can actually cook. I'm not organized, um, but I can find it. Um, I can find anything. So there you go. Epic. <laughs> that was all time. <clears throat> Same here. My nickname's Hurricane. Um, it's funny. I I think that um, when I when that question, what have I learned about being a mom, I'm kind of still really in the thick of it. And I feel like I'm learning every single day. Um, but when I go back to that place of kind of understanding God's love for me, and I think being a mom is my toughest job. <laughs> and I feel like our hardest things are the places where God can kind of come in and create something incredible out of it. And so I've learned a lot about kind of allowing him to use me, you know, and then become something better than I could have thought of. And um, I learned a lot about it's not all about me <laughs> immediately. Um, the word transformation for me, the Lord has taught me so much. I mean, I think about who I was before I was a mom um, who I was before I was a believer and how God, you know, is just slowly transforming me. And, um, I watched that with my children as, you know, they came out and I were like this little squealing animal. And then, you know, I fed them and they started to like talk back and, and then you realize you have like a man standing in front of you and how, you know, you're kind of a piece of the transformation. And in that, so are we. You know, we're constantly, as we acknowledge God's love for us, realizing that he's transforming us, no matter what our job is, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, sister, brother, um, person, you know, that it kind of takes you back to, like, that whole job of, like, oh, yeah, I'm a child of God, too. Like, what does that mean about who I am and, and who he is and how am I going to respond to that? So... I learned a lot about putting my hands up, I guess, and just being like, okay, Lord, what next? <laughs> and in that, he does really great things. <laughs> so you said something that stuck out to me, and I think of, of the three of you, you said transformed. How has being a mother, how has God transformed you through that? Like what things have come after that weren't there before? Aside from being a mom, that you've seen come out of you? I, I've 
developed this. Um, it's really a discipline that I'm still like really in the thick of working on, but it's surrender. You know, like when my kids were little, I was in so much, I had so much control. You know, I had control over their activities, you know, which direction they went, a lot of their friends that they chose, you know, that was what I chose. <laughs> and um, as they've gotten older, you know, you, I, you, you have this letting go, this surrendering of your, um, their need for you, really. And surrendering a lot of security, feeling like if, if I don't control this, what's going to happen? So he's taught me to surrender and still teaching me a lot about surrendering to him. So did you find, that, and it's kind of a loaded question because I think I know the answer to it, but in that idea of surrendering, do you find that you pray a lot more now because you're a mom than before? And what does that look like? Is it always just, oh, God, please help me, or God, please don't let me kill them? Or, or even outside of that, how is your prayer life, aside from your own kids, transferred outside of your own family? It happens a lot. <laughs> it's a lot more um, transparent, I guess, in that, like, a lot of things that I feel like the Lord's calling me to do as a mom are just way beyond me. <laughs> I guess I was a really selfish person before I had kids. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> but... I find that I'm entering in each of their life stages just really in deep conversation with the Lord on making sure they understand, like you said, how much God loves them. And, and then realizing that they need to see that in me and how I act. And so I'm like, Lord, I can't, if, I, if I'm not in constant like watching of what the Lord would want for me, I can't really show them. <laughs> um, you know, I guess basically, I wrote this thing really quickly. I said, you know, and this kind of sums it up as far as like, you know, we think about feeding our kids and clothing them and getting them ready for the day and, and on and on. It goes all the way to like, what are they going to be when they grow up kind of a thing. But this is kind of what I felt like the Lord was saying. He's like, God wants to see us feeding our children with the grace that he's given each of us, you know? And so I can't understand. I mean, without prayer, I don't really understand what God's grace is because I'm constantly asking, give me for this, be with me through that. And so I feel like it's a very transparent and it's a very constant conversation. So we don't have tons of moments to just sit in, out in quiet places, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. And so I feel like I've just kind of included the Lord in my day-to-day. -day, and in doing that, I think he's kind of been able to show himself through me, I guess. That's my prayer life, kind of, right now. If I skip over a question you want to go back, you're able to, you can, bounce, you can go anywhere you want. You're mom, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> what? And it's Mother's Day, so you can do whatever you want. You get whatever you want. In fact, you want some coffee? Do you want some donuts? Someone will bring it to you, like, right now. Yeah, they can give you some, some presents. What, so, in terms of prayer, but also when you reach the end of yourself, which is, happens right away as a parent, how, 
How have you turned to God's word? And especially what scriptures stick out to you that have either are currently you're holding on to as truths or promises, or maybe it was discipline for you where God was like, do you not see this? And you're like, oh, but how has God's word become more real? And what, what parts of his scripture have you held on to during this time? Well, a long time ago at a women's retreat, there was a, one of the leaders that encouraged me to, encouraged everyone to memorize big chunks of scripture. And um, that, it, you know, it would put, it's put every, puts everything in context. And so I memorized a long time ago Psalm 139. And it's, um, you know, it's David wrote it when he was crowned king of Israel. So it was the time when he probably realized overwhelmingly that God had had a purpose and a plan for him from the, from before he was even born. And so that's what the psalm is about. It's, um, you know, it talks about everything from before you're born, how he created you in your mother's womb, to all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And um, the middle part is um, what I've been holding on to the tightest for some years now, and that's where can I go from your presence, from your spirit, and where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. So there's nowhere we can go without God knowing where we are and having his hand on us. And um, we have a daughter who's been estranged from us for three years, and um, another son who's, they've, although grew up in a Christian family, um, Christ at the center of our lives, you know, we sung Jesus songs and we, we love the Lord with all our hearts. They've decided not to, not to walk with him right now. So, but I know that they chose Jesus as their savior when they were really little. And um, they showed evidence of that while they were growing up. So I'm counting on the scripture in Ephesians says that, um, you know, when we accept him as Savior, he's, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so Psalm 139, you know, says that there's nowhere I can go where you won't have me in your grasp. So, so last, um, I, I didn't know if you were going to share that. <laughs> um, last week, we were, we were talking about the, the two sons and how both of the sons in the parable that Jesus shared, we call it the prodigal son. He didn't call it that. But in that passage, the, the children, they were each on the outside. Remember Jesus said, I didn't come for the insiders, but for the outsiders, um, which means he came not just for the righteous, but for the sinners. And, and you look at those two brothers, and the older brother says he's righteous. And yet the father had to come outside to him. So he had defined himself as having it all together. But he was still separated from the father. He still was on the outside. And so that spurred on our conversation. And as I saw Susan sharing it, I saw in her a patience that I want. A trust that I want. So when we're, this panel, this isn't just for moms. So some of you guys or teenagers are like, oh, this isn't for me. It, it's what can we learn from these women? Because they've gone through something. They're going through something. And when you go through that, you reach the end of yourself. And as you reach the end of yourself, then your eyes are open to who God is. 
as you're pulled into situations that you are not prepared for, that you do not feel qualified for, then you see God show up. And it was so encouraging to me. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm not a mom. But to hear Susan share that, and it gave me hope because that's one of my biggest fears. I mean, Steph and I, we're, we're, I'm a pastor. That means I have pastor's kids. You guys have met pastor's kids before, right? And I'm like, Lord, they're yours. Like, there's nothing I can do. And in that parable, the father is perfect. I know I'm not perfect. And so if the perfect father in that parable had two sons that ran away, so to speak, then there's so much that's out of our control. And there's so many lessons to be learned from that and from these moms. And so I hope that you, as you hear them share, you realize that God has taught them and it can, we can learn from it as well so that we would all have ears to hear what God would teach us. Because I, I came back to the office and I said, oh my gosh, let me tell you about my conversation with Susan. And so they joked around. Does that mean, did the angel say yes? Is she coming on Sunday? So here she is. Michelle, you were going to say something? Sorry. I'm going to share my verse. I found it because I lost my notes. Well, uh, you lost your notes, but you, you found it, though. You know where to find it. I know where to find Because I am going through sort of a transition myself with a senior. Um, luckily, she's going to go to IVC, so she's home for two more years. Um, but... With my oldest, I still felt like, oh, I have one more left. It's okay. And it went by really quick. And um, But I love all the Psalms. And um, I love Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, who I shall fear. The Lord is my strength of my life, whom I shall be afraid. I don't know why. I just love that. I Just all the Psalms always give me great comfort. Um, but... This has been a, a tough, a tough transition, and I've cried a lot, like a lot, and I never thought I'd be like that, but I've had to really turn to God and just ask for strength from him so that I'm not a complete basket case all the time, because that's how I feel, but he's, he's given me strength, so I need that. Um... I can't even think about my kids leaving, but I know they will. They'll come back, though, someday. Um, I'm definitely in a different spot, but it's so good to hear from you guys, and oh, it's been such a blessing, so thank you. But anyway, um, for me, uh, well, Romans 8, the whole entire chapter, literally, has been such a gift to me um, as a believer and as a mom, and um, we had a lot of loss before we had our firstborn. We um, had miscarriage after miscarriage, and some of you guys have walked through that with us. And I remember laying in bed and um, just, I hated Mother's Day, actually, to be honest. Oh, my gosh, it was the worst. Every baby dedication, every Mother's Day was such a nightmare. Um, so I remember the Lord just, just asking the Lord to give me some hope and... Um, I went straight to scripture because I just knew that God would speak to me that way. And it's kind of, since that moment, it's really been 
my strength through a lot of darkness is being able to go to scripture, to God's word. And um, it's so incredible how it, it just, it always meets me right where I need it to and um, speaks so clearly to what's happening in my life. And um, so that's the first time before I um, had Keaton, I kind of had gone there and there's, there's so much in there about hope when things just feel really hopeless. And, um, and then we had Keaton and obviously we felt enormously blessed and it makes every super duper hard day as a mom still be the best day. Um, but <clears throat> Romans eight fourteen um, kind of always takes me back to where I'm supposed to start. And I kind of started with this, but, um, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. And the spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Because sometimes we feel like it's so hard. I'm adding this in. But this slavery thing, as a mom, sometimes you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Same thing every day. How many lunches have I packed since? <laughs> or whatever. Um, and we feel like that so many times when we're serving. And we, we forget where our spirit comes from. Um, so that you... You're not slaves so that you live in fear again, but rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit testifies himself with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are his children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And I feel like it's that same thing again. If we understand that we are children of God and we, we claim that every day because we know how much he loves us because we know how much we love our kids, it changes everything. <laughs> so I think about that so often and I, and I also get to experience God's glory by watching them. I mean, it is mind-blowing. Even watching Taya up here, I'm like, God, that is just... Revealing your glory and how you take things and just do incredible things with them. And we watch what our kids do and it's like, what the heck? How did that happen? <laughs> and I feel like he does the same thing with us. You know, when we claim that we know that we need a, we need a daddy <laughs> or a mom. So it's Mother's Day. And yet here you are sacrificing which is what you do, so here's my question. Sacrifice, when we're kids, looks like a big hassle. <laughs> but you've discovered the beauty, as Steph alluded to, like sacrifice for others is beautiful. I don't even know how to phrase that question, but how, how have you seen that and how do you describe that to others? Not just for your kids, but how that's opened you up to sacrificing for other people even outside it kind of opens up this thing inside of us as a parent so describe how sacrifices become beautiful and not difficult well uh, you, I, th I think I see especially when my kids were little sacrifice was really not it didn't seem like sacrifice it was more of an extension of like God's love and the love that we have for our kids, it just, um, I mean, of course, there were times where it was like, do I have to do this again? <laughs> but, um, you know, most of the time it was, 
it was beautiful. And then um, it's when when you, I think the the beauty of it, like when your kids are little, you, you kind of have to do these things for them to get them going, to get their lunches ready for school and get them to their events and things. But um, later, when your kids are older and they need you and you get to sacrifice at that time, it's like so beautiful. It's like, I get to do this, you know? Thank you, God, I get to do this. Yeah. I agree. Um, when they're little, it, it, it can be tiring. Mm -hmm. And you feel like, oh my gosh, it's never going to end. I'm tired. But it is an amazing gift, sacrifice. I don't even feel like it's a sacrifice. And when they get older, I kind of giggle. My oldest moved out, and she will call me for the silliest things, and I'm like, oh, she yeah. needs me, <laughs> and I get so excited. I mean, the silly things like, I think she adopted a dog. I think Luna hates me. Mom, I know she does. She tinkles, and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, she's playing you, and she's like, oh my gosh, how do you know that? I go, because you used to do stuff like that to me when you were little to get attention, and she's like, oh my gosh. I don't know if I could be a mom. I'm like, yeah, I think you need to wait a little. You're just a little <laughs> uptight. So she still calls me, and it is the greatest thing. And I just think I would make that sacrifice again and again and again and again because it is a gift, not a sacrifice. So I, I, I think it's great. Um, I... It's all worth it. <laughs> and I think um, this all, again, can just be completely taken back to um, the joy of the Father that he sacrificed so much for us and his love for us and, and what joy it gives him when we go back as well. And, and, um, but again, I always, I always think about, like, from the very beginning of the minute that I say I'm pregnant, I start throwing up like a crazy person and my body changes. Everything transforms. I mean, we just go through this crazy process. And it's so every little bit of sacrifice, just, oh, it, it's just, okay, where, where, where is this going to bring me back to? And, ha and what, what joy will I have from that? And I think that is a huge thing is a lot of the sacrifice that we do is it's important for us to think on, um, how, how is the Lord going to use this to bring me what I need or what that person needs? And, and it's such a blessing. And I feel like that's the way it is when we do things for others, not just our children. There's a reason why we're called to serve others. And I think the Lord knows because it will give us our deepest joy. And so it is hard sometimes. But if it wasn't hard, then we wouldn't be going to God about it. <laughs> and we wouldn't be brought to our knees. Um, because I feel like when we make a decision to sacrifice ourselves, we're brought to places we just wouldn't normally go, and I, I'm grateful. <laughs> so I was talking um, with my son. We were talking about what was going to happen this morning, mm -hmm. and as we were talking about that, um, I shared with him a verse. Um, this was a, it's from Proverbs 31, and it was the passage that um, helped me to find Steph, 
I was praying for a woman like this, and I was trying to describe to him the kind of woman for him to look for, and I was describing, I said, this is, this is how amazing your mom is, and I was going through this verse, and so I said, um, well, I read the verse, charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, and I said, you know how, like, you know, he's a teenager, I'm like, you know how there's certain girls that are, like, you like girls that are really pretty, and they're, like, they have really cool personalities? You know how guys like that? I go, well, that's charm, and that's deceptive. It doesn't mean they're lying, but it's not something you trust. And I said, beauty, it's going to go away for all of us. I said, you see me right now? I used to be a really good-looking guy when I was your age. <laughs> it passes away. It's the same with ladies. We just get older, and that's what happens. So you can't put your trust in that. But it says, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And he looked at me, and he kind of nodded like he understood it. And then later that day, we're driving. He goes, Dad, I don't get it. What do you mean she, she's afraid of God? That's a good thing? I said, no, no, that, it's in the translation. To, to, it's not to be afraid. It's to be in awe of God. It's to get to the point where you trust him because you know that you don't have it figured out, and you begin to rely on him. And I said, he goes, oh, okay, like mom. And I was like, yeah. And so I said, you know what? We made you guys sick since Wednesday. Why don't we make their kids sick? So Zeke is here, and uh, I'm going to bring the mic out to him. I don't know if it's going to get all freaky here, so if it does, you'll have to move, Zeke. But why don't you share about how your it's mom... really great for the pastor's kid. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you share about that verse and at least about mom and the influence that she's had on you. You can stand or sit, whatever's best for you. So my mom is... She's gnarly. She wakes <laughs> She wakes up every morning at like four in the morning, goes to work out for however long, and then she comes back, makes us lunches, and then she goes to teach first graders for almost six hours, comes back, and then takes us to her sports. And it's just, that is one of the most amazing sacrifices ever. It's just, I can't stress enough how much I love you for that. Thank you, honey. <laughs> So there's a, a verse here, 2 Timothy 1.5. It says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. So Paul is talking about Timothy. And he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first was in your grandmother, Lois, and then in your mother, Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you as well. Faith is contagious. The way you live your life is contagious. And these moms have such an influence. And so I made... Kelly in six. She tried to get out of it too, but I roped her back in. So, um, hi, I'm Kelly. Um, so, Boog texted me and was like, said, asked me how having a mom that intentionally seeks God has like overall made me, like what has it made me into a person? And I think it's made me into a kinder person. My mom literally, no matter what, goes out of her way every single day. Like, I, she doesn't even realize it half of the time because I'm like, wait oh, you're going to do that for me? I don't understand why I would never do that. Like, I, I can't even comprehend how she always does that, that kind of stuff for us. And, um, like, having a really strong Christian mom in my life is, like, really important to me because, like, I have friends that don't have parents that have a strong belief and do go to church, and I could see that they're, like, sad, and they're always like, please pray for my mom. I just want her to, like, seek the Lord, and it's just, like, I'm just so fortunate to have a mom that loves God so much and that, like, puts God before anything. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> now, the reason I had them share was because I, not just to make them cry or to give them some gift, but for us to see the influence that following Christ has, not only in your children, but the people around you. Sometimes, I mean, these three moms, they feel like they're not good enough. They haven't done a good enough job. You probably heard that as they shared. That's not our job. None of us are perfect, but God will work through us. And these are two examples of children seeing God through them and how it's influenced them. And so I'm going to finish with Lee. He's going to share about Susan. So I'm going to stand up for a minute. Uh, that patience that you talk about that she's gained, I think the, uh, I'm the reason for that. I drove her straight to the, to the foot of the cross a few times. <laughs> that was me who she was referring to. Um, thinking about this morning, there's been a few different uh, ways that I get to describe the influence that my mom has. One of, one of it being is that um, she's a bit of a warrior when it comes down to, she's got a gracefulness about her, but she also is willing to die for something she believes so heartily in. She'll... Um, She's shown a kind of love and sacrifice for, for her kiddos, uh, and I've, I think I've used the majority of that um, <laughs> amongst my, my siblings, but um, within us, like, she's taught me to not fight when I, growing up, like, I would wake up in the, in the night and not know what was going on, and I would be sensing God's voice in my heart, and she would be the one to tell me to go with it, lean into it, uh, be uncomfortable, be willing to be uncomfortable, and I found so much growth and substance in pushing that boundary of, of where my comfort lied or was lying, and um, well, my dad was encouraging me to get in fights and scrap on the ground. She was encouraging me to, uh, to learn to go with it and be sensitive. She's kind of the reason why I have it within me to be at an airport and to see a mom with a toddler, a single mom, and, and another one yanking on her arm, and she's got, puts her sunglasses on, she's got tears running down, I did kind of start like a little slow clap, because like for moms, like I just I have such mad respect um, that I just want to celebrate that as much as I can. So she's to my eyes into a really... Uh, beautiful kind of love that's resilient, um, that stays true. It's something that, that I can count on when a lot of things in this world can seem to fail. Um, my heart grows every time I am in touch with that. With her. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> so on Sunday mornings, um, I used to ask myself when I, before as a pastor and then while a pastor and still today, Lord, why are we getting together? Why do we get together on Sundays? And I want to encourage you, when you hear these kids talk about their mom, the more that you get to know Christ, as they are still in the process of doing as I'm still in the process, as you grow into him and get to know him more, um, then Sunday morning is really, it, it's just another opportunity for a slow clap for God and his love for us. Not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. This tenderness that these moms have for their children, that is the tenderness that God has for us. And we gather to know who we are, be reminded, to be reminded of who others are. Because as we see God, we can see others more clearly and we have more patience. But we can also, of course, see him clearly. And so um, I want to ask you to join me as we worship together. And the, Jeremy's going to come up. Um, Talk about sacrifice. Hoku is not feeling 100%. Jeremy was here all by himself with his guitar. And um, she, she, she's here on Mother's Day. Not feeling anywhere close. I think she's probably, what, 12%, maybe 13%. <laughs> but that's, that's what God will cause you to do, to sacrifice for him. Um, so if you could, can you stand with me if you're able?
And can you thank these moms for the sacrifice that they made?